breakfast Live parties? from Radio City Music Hall, it's The Glitter Boys. This podcast okay, contains adult really. language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from Radio City Music Hall, it's The Glitter Boys. Okay, not really. This year being the 40th anniversary of the Palladium fantasy role-playing game, as you've probably picked up, our last few episodes have focused exclusively on the Palladium fantasy role-playing game. More specifically, the first edition of that role-playing game. And we are concluding at least our run through that edition with the final book from that edition, which is book seven, The Yinsloth Jungles by Patrick Nowak. I love this cover. Bra- I love this ma- book. That, you know, if you, I know I did the last two episodes <laughs> intro, but that was how I was going to lead this one in. <laughs> it's going to be Brom. Because fucking Brom did the cover. And whenever Brom does the cover, you know, it's fucking It's brilliant. awesome. The musculature, dead ass. Like, the, <laughs> it's all good. Yes. Brom. Yeah. And uh, this is one I got, which you should get, dear listener, uh, in the winter grab box. Uh, this is signed by all different people at the, the Palladium office. Kevin writes a little note in there. And uh, who else did I get? Looks like I got Alex and two other people whose names are absolutely unreadable. I still got <laughs> my book that I've had since I was 14 years old. The first printing in October 94. No joke. Not signed. Peeling cover. Yeah. <laughs> what a curiosity. <laughs> this is the second print in 95. <laughs> nice. It's just been sitting in someone's warehouse since yep. then. <laughs> yep. Okay, so, yes, we have In Sloth Jungles. This is to date in the series of the books released thus far. This is the most dangerous area that they had published. Mm-hmm. And it shows. It's a harsh location where there's a lot more emphasis placed on the dangers of the environment itself and what i really love before we even dive into like the nature of the jungle is the history of it dives into finally pinpoints in palladium lore and the the history of the fantasy world that the yin sloth jungles are the origins of humanity. This is where it all started. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll circle back on it at the end, but remind me when we get to the end, I, I really want to talk about the dedication of this book. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's right here. Let's do it. Okay. So this one's by uh, Pat no- Nowak. And I, I got to say, I have always liked the the honesty and openness of not only Palladium and Kevin as like a writer in a company, but like how they, how they memorialize people who come and go. And this one just spoke to me. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, it's dedicated to the memory of Michael Jurodurius. His contagious recklessness and bizarre sense of humor will be forever imprinted on my mind. I will always remember the Russian Prince run in one confusing Oktoberfest evening. A vampire PC who is afraid of the dark and midnight excursions to best pipe with Mike and Rob. For these and other crazy antics, too many to record, I will always be grateful. Like, I, I, I love that. Not just, 
mom and Bob. And I'd like to thank God for giving me this touchdown. Like, I just, I, I love, I love the slices of life and Palladium has always been first rate in that. Yeah. They have a dedication in every book and it's always heartfelt. And they have a dedication to every person who has touched it. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, origins of humanity, snakes, storms, <laughs> man yelling. <laughs> okay. So this is the first book we've had in a while that adds new player content. And by mm -hmm. player content, I mean skills, character yeah. classes, races. We didn't get any in Northern Wilderness 1 or 2. We didn't get any in Island at the Edge of the World. So now, after we talk about all of the terrible ways that the jungle itself can kill you without having throwing any monsters at you, you want jungle <laughs> foot rot? They got rules for that, just yeah. so you know. So if you want, you know, the jungle version of trench foot, and if if you think, man, that's something I really want my players to suffer from, well, guess what? At the bottom of page 14, they got rules on how their feet are eventually going to need to be amputated. Love it. I mean, and, and you should, and heat exhaustion and primitive weaponry. Yeah. Yeah. He swings at your, at your master, beautiful steel sword with his bone thing. What happens? Well, it depends on a number of factors or vice versa. He tries to parry with yeah. his bone weapon. Well, guess what? <laughs> it ain't no bone weapon anymore. Allow me to say, I don't practice before these. I just kind of read the book. So when I say bone thing, I don't want to see your thing on deviant art about the bone thing. <laughs> Just, yeah, just just yeah. take it as red. I'm talking about a bone weapon here. You know, I think for for the for the evening of this series of recordings, I've already got my one not safe for work jab in there. So, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know that and it was a doozy too. <laughs> like, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, rules on. Uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that. Uh, a D&D &D veteran might be familiar with from books such as either the old first edition wilderness survival guide or the dungeoneer survival guide. Mm. These are all jungle related things that you might want to think about, including all the various diseases and critters, which can bite you at a, you know, a microscopic level, but also poisons and primitive mm -hmm. weapons, bones and stone and whatnot jungle traps. It's all a lot of fun stuff complete with random tables and you know I love random tables. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to the peoples. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm impressed at how not racist this is. Right? Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can only say that it, it dealt with it in, in a non-contemptuous manner. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like it. I'm here for it. There are primitive jungle people that are presented that are described historically as being uh, mutant offshoots of humanity due to things that happened during the uh, cataclysm of the God Wars. Mm -hmm. However, despite them showing primitive aspects and despite them having some very primitive looking art, I scanned through the text as best as I could, word for word, and found that... While the use of the term pygmy itself is a little, we don't really use that term anymore. Uh, that is of the three primitive peoples here, the Tezcat, the headhunters, and the pygmies. The pygmies happen to be the only ones that have any note whatsoever of their skin color. And they also happen to be the most noble and mm -hmm. the coolest. So, yeah. 
I just got to say that this is surprisingly well done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But honestly, every time they've, they've dealt with, with that area of the world, they've, they've done a good job in any of, their, any of their properties. Yeah. This is a fantasy game in a fantasy world, and they have certain analogs for things that we might expect from, you know, jungle mm-hmm. peoples of a primitive nature. But none of them are, I don't know, like, all of this makes me think of the more interesting aspects of sword and sorcery fiction, and less so about primitive about uh, racist stereotypes that's something i look for and i was very impressed that it was not here yeah oh god and then you have all kinds of occs oh man like so many okay first off and and races 14 year old me loved the Beastmaster picture (laughs) she's so cute Yeah, and she looks happy. Yeah, she looks happy, and she's cute, and she's in nature. I don't know, 14-year-old me was... I had a crush on that picture. Aw. Yeah. I played so many characters that were that picture. Yeah. (laughs) That would be... Okay, well, we'll we'll put that up in the art somewhere. Page 26, the Beastmaster photo. It's really fantastic. It's way cooler than Mark Singer. Now, page 28, (laughs) not so much. Page 20. Uh, I've got knives. I'm bad. I have a dark and mysterious <laughs> <Okay>. past. <laughs> okay, we got some new character classes here. We got a Beastmaster, which I think is really fascinating. They're kind of like the more animal focused version of a druid. Mm. They're pretty cool. We have the Holy Crusader, who, which is Knife Man that we're talking about, who's. Uh, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting class. It is more like. So, okay. Palladium Fantasy First Edition, at least. There was a character class called the Paladin. P-A-L-L-A-D-I-N. That extra L is important for some reason. But if you are used to Paladins and Dungeons and Dragons, they are different because the Paladins and Palladium are basically just knights plus. They have no magic powers. They do not smite evil. They do not cast spells or lay on hands. This is closer to a Paladin. And yet they're also Agreed. kind of like mercenaries. So it's yeah. closer to the D&D paladin, I should say. I like the heavy touch. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of the things they can do for those following along at home. They get the heavy touch. <laughs> they got the heavy okay. touch. That's why he's got the daggers and that brooding look because of all that heavy touching. Yep. You've got a nomadic tribesman. It's a it's a very fascinating class. Uh, this is actually something I really like. Yeah. That and the uh, enforcer. Here's the thing. Uh, they they started out this way, didn't need to. They could have gone Enforcer, Bounty Hunter, Slaver. But they went Slaver, Enforcer, Bounty Hunter, OCC. Which is interesting when you think of it just as a wandering person, probably up to no good. Yeah. Um, you have a new or character like class. A, that, a rougher. Yeah. Yeah, there's this new character class that their specialty is capturing people. Yeah. A manhunter, if you will. Yeah. 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 That's it. They have their they have their own combat system, which is pretty cool. So uh oh wait, and so does a nomadic trabsman. So mm-hmm. again, stepping back into first edition ways, if you are used to rifts and second edition palladium, you are probably familiar with the fact that there's like three, maybe four hand to hand systems, or five if you're using commando, and those are yeah. non man, expert. Martial arts, assassin, commando. 
in first edition, every single class had their own hand to hand specific skill tree. Yeah. Well, uh, they in this book, some of the classes just use other classes skills. However, the nomadic tribesman has their own, which is very fascinating, uh, focuses on initiative, uh, which is fast, which is cool. And then you have the bounty hunter, which has their own combat system. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love how they were all in the day hand customized to fit the theme of the class. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I like that because it, here's the thing. When, when, when you're playing, when you're sitting down at a table or in this day, when you're sitting down on your, on your zoom call, you're, you're taking yourself and subsuming it into a character. And the more that you can do that, the more ways that that character is something that is not shared, that is unique to your position on that table, the better, or at least I've always found the better my immersion is. Yeah. Um, if I am sharing nine tenths of my thing, but I'm doing it with arrows. So that makes me different from the other fighter. That's not so much. That just makes me a second class, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I truly like that. Could you do that forever? No, that's gotta be just exhausting to come up with an entirely new system and progression for each thing, but they did it for a while and it's, it's good. I, I loved it. Now I want to skip a couple of these. Okay. We're going to come back to them in a second. We're going to go from the bounty hunter over to the witch hunter, which is another okay. fascinating class. They are martial counterpoints to the very well done witch OCC from the core mm -hmm. palladium book. Now, Wiccans, you can get your back down over this. We're not talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Witches in Palladium were the why did this game not suffer from the satanic panic character yeah. class of the role-playing game? But the witch hunter is there to fight that and bring the good fight and destroy evil. I like the witch hunter. Now, let's step back a couple. Okay. Spy. It's a cool class. What the fuck is it doing in this book? No idea. No idea. And why, why is it a man of arms? Uh, well, because in old school Palladium, they had men of magic and men of arms. And then like a handful of throwaway classes like the peasant and the merchant. So this is considered more of a partial assassin, I guess. There's somewhere in between spy or a thief and assassin. I think Heinlein said it best. There's something I've always wanted to see, which is a politically motivated spy and assassin mm -hmm. that is not there to destroy, but there to like protect by killing called the honorable hatchet man. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love that. And I, I'd love to see killing. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. We, we don't have a way to get rid of this, this um, very, very corrupt official. He's not up for reelection for another eight years. But a bullet only costs you. Know? Yeah. It's seriously that this class is like halfway between thief and assassin. So it's it fills in the, that role, I guess, that was missing. I have to say, I hate the picture for it. I just, I hate Again, it. It's, it has nothing to do with it. It's the same guy who did the the picture of the of the Holy Crusader. And I just feel that oh, those two guys yeah. are brooding in a corner somewhere. Uh, there's probably are you dark no i'm dark but are you mad no i'm madder in fact dear listener 
I encourage you to send us your best spy slash Holy Crusader slash fiction featuring those two characters. <laughs> we might even read it aloud. Make it make it. Oh so. my god! If, if someone gives us a fanfic, I will absolutely. <laughs> I I will develop voices for each of the characters yeah. and read it aloud. Yeah. Okay. So now undead hunter to the undead hunter. Yeah. Uh, this, in my opinion. This, the Undead Hunter, was the beginning of the end for first edition. Because it does so much. Oh, dear, dear God. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a few steps, a few steps back through the Palladium fantasy world book history and go to the first book, Wizard, right? The yeah. Wizard. Now, the Wizard, you would think, is the penultimate spellcaster, right? The Wizard. They're the fucking wizard. That's Makes sense. their thing. I am magic. Okay. Mm -hmm. The wizard starts the game with a smattering of crappy spells and the enchanted cauldron and learns no more. They have to find everything else out on their own. Yep. What does this guy start out with, NPC? This guy starts out armor of Ithan, call lightning, carpet of adhesion, circle of fire, decipher magic, spell demons, expel devils, fireball. Globe of Daylight, reduce self to six inches, see the invisible, sense magic, sense trap, size of the behemoth, strength of a guard Loki, tongues and turn dead, and they can learn new magic spells, same as wizard, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Um, all right. Awesome. Guess what? They they start Power with minor. Creek. They start with minor rune weapons. Yeah. What the like, fuck? This, this, there's a difference <laughs> between power creep and power leap. And I mean, this, this is just, this, it shouldn't be. Pat, know why it's like he inserted his own fan fiction into this. Like yeah. it's so this is no. Okay, starting equipment, magic weapons. 1d4 plus one of each orb of force or 12 holy stars, all of which are magical weapons. A vampire slayer or a final rest sword, both of which are holy weapons. A medallion of willpower. You can't control me. A medallion of tranquility. <laughs> I need nothing. And yeah. replace I mean like hey, wait, what? 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 OCC just, skills. Just, the character yeah. classes up to this point have three, maybe four OCC skills, or usually mm -hmm. just one or two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten free skills, plus an additional four and an additional eight. Like, this class is broken as fuck. And you know what? 14-year-old yeah. me loved it. But I mean, nobody else you were playing with probably did. Oh yeah, my where's GM its, was like, uh, where, really? where's its where's its Achilles heel? That doesn't have. What one. is it weak to? It's honorable. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's it's good. honorable. Okay, he's honorable. That's his weakness. So, Honor. Okay. He has oh. to go fight the undead at any at any moment. Undead appear. He has to go kill him. Well, guess what? He can do that. Yeah, <laughs> like all all day long. <laughs> like, and apparently, with a big grin as he leaps. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I love the concept. The execution is too much. The execution is too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not against it, but that really needs to not say initial spell knowledge includes or has or even like has a 5% chance per cast. Like there, there needs to be something to limit something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, here's something. 
you don't even have to look at any of the rest of the class. Compared to every other class so far, this part's broken. Basic starting equipment. Three weapons of choice. Mm-hmm. A suit of armor of choice of up choice. to full plate. Boom, broken Horse right there. of choice, Horse. including Warhorse. Bow of choice. Silver third. Just that. What? What? It's silver. And silver. And, and so and much. Oh, and, and then you get like twice the gold everyone else does on top of all the stuff. Gold. Yeah. What? This is. Okay. No, I, you know, I remember the role. Yeah, this is ridiculous. We've talked about balance, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, balance is kind of bullshit. I tend to ignore yeah. it. Some of the character classes are better than others. Add all of those together and they pale in comparison to this one. It can yeah. do everything better than every other class. That's some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's, well, you know, what's funny is immediately after that, well, first edition ended because yeah. <laughs> everyone yeah. else said. So are you saying that this rests entirely on the, in the, on the hands of the, uh, the, the undead hunter? Of well, the, the, the Holy Inquisition here? I'm not going to blame the undead hunter for ending first edition. The writing was on the wall. They needed to update things to bring it in compatibility with rifts and the larger focus that Kevin was taking with the megaverse. I 100% understand why second edition exists. It it has to. Yeah. However, it's just kind of a what the fuck (laughs) in this last (laughs) book. And you're like, okay, you, you just sort of kick me in the balls on your way out the door. (laughs) Yeah. As a, as a game master who has run adventures in the Yin Sloth jungles, whenever I bring this book forward, I tell people mm-hmm. to ignore the Undead Hunter. I, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I, I got carried away. Yeah. I've run Rifts games where I told people to pick a class, any book. It was all good. Mm-hmm. I don't allow the Undead Hunters in my Palladium games. No. That said, though, you get a whole bunch of interesting new monsters after that. Yeah. You basically, oh, and you get the Sage. Which is the Gandalf. Yeah. And that's fine. First book had the alchemist. This one has the yeah. sage. They fill the the background in PC, the quest giver. This is a quest giver OCC. That's fine. Mm. You know, I really do like, I didn't like a lot of this guy's art, but I, I really enjoy the one on page 52 because if I exercise every day and eat all my vegetables, <laughs> that's exactly what I would look like. <laughs> That's like Conan <laughs> if he sharpened his teeth. <laughs> you know that that that's just like yeah. I, I just I'm I'm here for fuzzy guy representation. Yeah. <laughs> this this book adds new monsters, but honestly, most of the monsters are player races. The avians are a playable yeah. race. The cat men are a playable race. The corpse creature is not so much, but the doger and the dragon man you could play those. These are all fascinating. I mm-hmm. love the Ant-Men. I like uh, the Krog. Oh, yeah, the Krog are pretty cool. The Grimboar. Mm-hmm. What I love about the Grimboar is that they are these big, fearsome-looking gorillas that are going to rip your face off, mm-hmm. and they are completely peaceful, yeah. and they don't kill. They're, yeah, they're, we, we, we figured it out. Yeah. I could do without the Sand Serpent. That just looks dumb to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you got some monsters, you got several new player character races and maps, more maps, more maps. Okay. The content past the player stuff. And we're talking six 
53 pages of player-facing mm-hmm. content. That's a lot. Uh, the new content, the world content, creates some new nations. We've got an orcish empire, which is, again, 100% awesome and not in any yeah. way racist. It's fa- I love it. I love the orcish empire so much. Okay, you know how I'm really down on D&D? Yeah. You know how I'm really upset about being uh, about Dritz or Drizzt being sold to me over and over and over again? Yeah. The author did do one thing good, and that was the Thousand Orcs. I don't um I don't know that. Salva- Salvatore wrote a decent series about an orc chieftain who was seeking to uh, uplift his people as opposed to crush those around and just loot. Like he was looking to create an, an orc kingdom. And it was about the, uh, the, the, the perceptions of what was happening. It like, it, it wasn't like to Terry Pratchett levels of like thud or any of the goblin stuff that he did. That was just amazing. But it was, it was thoughtful and insightful and more than I expected from him. And I, I, I liked that. That was, that was, that, that was, that's my orc headcanon right there was uh brutal, but also with, with the capability of being so much more. Yeah. This is a surprising, again, surprisingly well done and thoughtful mm-hmm. implementation of an orc ruled government that is not, that doesn't suck. Like these people have made the best of, the 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 raw hand that they've been given and called mm-hmm. out a new nation out of the you know the 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 scraps that they got from the conquerors and it's really awesome like they go into details in palladium style of cities mm-hmm. and the cities have locations and those locations have plot <laughs> hooks aplenty yeah i love this uh very beginning er campaign mapping software that they used all throughout this like this is oh this is this is dos level like this is just and i i love that that it's just like i imagine how excited they were that they they didn't have to draw anything like oh, this this yeah. is the historian in me looking at this going then they were like, we don't have to illuminate it. We'll just have this machine do it for us. Yeah. And then they got given this and they're like, fuck, dude, like we go to print in two weeks. Like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Campaign cartographer from back. Oh, in the God, day. dude. Yeah. This is campaign t- cartographer still exists. On like, doesn't it like. I, I don't know. I had a license way back in the day. <laughs> I wonder if it's still valid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm. Yep. Okay, then you've got another nation, the Commonwealth, and then you've got you know more maps, more key yep. locations, pages and pages and pages, and then a really interesting series of adventures. <sighs> okay. This begins to really delve into one of my favorite aspects of the Palladium fantasy world which is the Church of Dragon Rite, which is a religion based upon god dragons. Mm-hmm. Because god dragons are cool. Like, why would you worship a god or a dragon? When you could do both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I mean, I, I don't have a good answer for that. Like, if, if dragons were a thing, like, and they wanted to eat people, I'd be like, 
you know, I, I, I know where there's some, there's some people we we could do this. So I, I could absolutely see the doing that. That mm-hmm. seems like a worthy cause to me. All right. This is again, more of the same kind of format. You've got places, you've got maps, you've got things that are mm-hmm. happening at those places interspersed between them are some interesting adventures. And as you go through the book, it gets more and more dangerous and the location gets more and more fearsome and the adventures mm-hmm. get more and more high stakes. Yeah. Did any of this, I don't know. I I, I don't want to go page for page through each of this, these things because by Did this point we figured me? the formula out. Yeah. What grabbed you? What grabbed me was some of the maps seem to have almost a basic understanding of how buildings work. <laughs> like it, I, and you know what? That is, that is so fucking rare. <laughs> I just, um, like, uh, what was it? It's the one, uh, Sheldon's keep. I love Sheldon's keep because Sheldon's keep is something, uh, one Oh nine, uh, that, that could be built. Uh, that that makes sense to me as as a place where humans or you know any bipeds really could inhabit and live. It is not a hall, a room, a hall, a room, a hall, a room, a three way split, a hall, a room. You know, it's just this is a place, and I and I love that. Yeah, this that is uh, the opposite of that, where where buildings are just sort of like haphazardly put together to make sense as if they were essentially a building shaped dungeon. Yeah. You're like, okay, th- there's not a lot of sensibility that goes into this. That it, it is nice to see thought put into making a building seem like someone built this to use it. Yeah. As other than a dungeon. <laughs> Honestly, if I was doing something here, I would do a jungle crawl. Like there's there there's amazing things in in literally every location there's there's something you can hang your hat on that's that's just palladium 101 that they do that all the time but the way they did the environment rules the way they gave the tables for foot rot for what rain does what visibility is like what it's like to shoot a projectile weapon through heavy foliage you know all the the really interesting things that palladium covers is where I felt this more than anything else. To me, this is, forgive me for going straight up Alan Quartermain, but to me, what I saw was, as soon as they gave those rules, I am going to that lost city, and we are prying out the ruby Mm -hmm. eyes. And, like, the rest of the stuff is great. It absolutely is great. But to me, stone is a terrible place for the jungle, at night, it gets freezing cold. It will always be wet. Like, it just, it's, it's, it's a natural place for rot. You don't want to live in stone in the jungle. So all of these, like, underground locations and city locations don't really work for me in the jungle. Okay. It's just, it's, it's, it's bad. I, I, I see it. I, I love, I love the, the lower level things, the, mm-hmm. the tribal peoples, the hunters. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see more of those, honestly. And I wanted to see quests and locations built around their meeting places and maybe the places all these tribes gathered and, you know, yeah. they're, they're trading and their cultures. I wanted to see more of that and less of the rattling tunnels. Well, okay. I agree with you largely. There should have been more of the, the local level stuff. I wanted to see more mm-hmm. of the tribal stuff. 
there's a whole Tezcat city in there that does have yeah. a lot of adventure seeds, but you're right. None of the greater fleshed out adventures have that much to do with the local level people. However, on the note about stone, the one note that I will add to that is that adventure and the final adventure with the rattling stuff. One of the themes of that adventure that I appreciate is the fact that it is <laughs> they're doing a stupid thing. Like yes. the whole the whole, <laughs> oh, we found this great stone temple to our God or great stone thing to our God. Not a temple. It's a something else. You'll figure it out if you play it. If you're a listener, it's a cool adventure. Mm. And they're like, oh, we, let's rebuild it. So, again, it's like one day, lad, all this will be yours. And then what the <laughs> curtains? No, not the curtains. And we built this and then it sank down and it burned down. That's what happened to this mm -hmm. temple. It was a stone temple that sank into the jungle the swamp <laughs> and they're like oh we just found it great let's restore it you know what's going to happen to it it's going to sink again <laughs> yeah like they're i like the fact that what the rattlings are doing and that is ultimately a lost cause because of the nature of stone in the jungle agreed and honestly like I, that my my gripe there is it's it's a minor gripe. I I understand that a jungle is not everything, and they're they're talking about a great swath of land here, like a yeah. a, a large piece of the world. I just this is a bit of the same, and I was looking for a bit more. The same is good. I like the same. I like their the formula that they're running with. I just I I thought this area would be a bit more free form instead of. Instead of towns, I would have liked to have seen what areas are impassable in the jungle, what what areas are important trails in between tribes, what lives along those trails, where are the dangers, like that, that's, and that is just kind of like my headcanon, it, it obviously is not what they were thinking there, and it, it would have been more difficult to pull off than just, you know, cities, but. You want Rift South America. In this a little book. bit, yeah. We were spoiled in that we read that one before <laughs> we did this yeah. one. Rift South America is an example of how to do that right. Yeah. This kind of does it. And you, it clearly it came before Rift South America. I mm -hmm. think it did. And maybe it didn't. I don't know. It Anyway, this book could benefit heavily with Rift South America as a companion piece. Because... Mm -hmm. it, Take a lot of the stuff in South America, remove the guns, change the trappings yeah. a bit, and bam, you've got some yin sloth jungle stuff going but on. But honestly, don't get me wrong. There is yeah. stuff in here I fucking love. Like there's, uh, what is it, Torelia? That that city, the, the one that's kind of shaped like a D20? Yeah. That has just, you know, a one-off, you know, city has 60 plus locations in it with paragraph to five paragraphs each and for a each whole one. Adventure I mean, about a cultist oh, takeover. Of yeah, it. just yeah. like and you know, it doesn't have to be set in the jungle particularly. It, it can it can be anywhere, but like everything here is is good. I'm not complaining about what was delivered. I I just I feel like there was a lost opportunity to really flesh out the the you know just the the people of of a jungle and, yeah. and what's important to them. I won't argue with you on that. It's there could have been put more into the natives. Uh, yeah. I do like the Orcish empire a lot. Mm -hmm. 
I did want more on the Tezcats. I did want more on the Headhunters, and I wanted more on the Pygmies. Like they, they yeah. seem more fascinating. We get a nice insight into the beginning, and they seem more or less forgotten from that point forward. Yeah. Tezcats come back towards the end, but still, it's like eh, too little, too late. That yeah. said, if you were a child of the '80s who grew up with your imagination inspired by such masterpieces as Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. or even Temple of Doom. And you think, man, I want a jungle adventure just like those. Here you go. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's plenty in here to use. There's lots of good stuff. I, I, if we're getting to that part, I think we've, we've kind of gone through the most of the book here. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me flip to the end here. Um, I agree with what you were saying about, uh, some of the classes here that they were bad. The mapping software is just, it's just fun to me. <laughs> you start to get into like some over, here's a, here's a thing where I, I do think that palladium will occasionally fall down and it's where you get to making everything unique for the sake of uniqueness. I think like nothing here needs seed shooters, nothing, no, no people need to have, well, we can't give them bows. So, okay. They, they grab this sprout, right. And they load the seed and the, the sprout makes a crack when you squeeze it and the seed shoots out and it's like an arrow. It's you just, you don't need that. <laughs> you don't, 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 don't do that. Do you need this book? Do I need it? No. Do I want it? Do I think it deserves a place on my shelves? Yes. I don't. It's not giving me the jungle I personally want. Now, as a, a, a piece on the part of this world, which is a finite world, they're not like adding on new continents all the time. Do you need it? Yes. If, if you intend to go in that direction, you absolutely do need it. Or if you just want all the the quote unquote world books, you need this. This this is a part of that. My call would think? be that as a core book of your campaigns, you don't need it. I don't think it really adds anything new that is necessary to the rest of the Palladium world. Very focused on a specific location that you know it so far all of the books that we've looked at could more or less be fit together with an extended campaign. Yeah. Going to the Insloth jungles, if you're working with campaign space in the previous books would be a bit of a side trek. Yeah. But you know, if you like jungles, then of course go for it. However, as a lover of palladium fantasy first edition, and there's only seven first edition books, then yes, you should get it. And also, if you want to add to your repertoire that final collection of classes and races, mm-hmm. yeah, I would specifically call out the Witch Hunter and the Beast Hunter and the Nomadic Tribesman as being very cool character classes, not the Beast Hunter, the Beast Master, yeah. to bring into any game, be it jungle or forest or Northlands, you can take a nomadic tribesman and put them in the Northern wilderness. Just switch up some of the lore skills or something. They're 
they are a lot more versatile, I think. Uh, I think the spy is just kind of like, why is this here? Um, it's not a bad class. It's just, it's not, yeah, it's not a bad OCC. It's, it's out just, of place. It, it, it seemed very out of place. Yeah. Like that, that's something that belongs in the empire, you know? Yep. Yeah. That said, I mean, Brom, like it's <laughs> it, in and of itself, the like just for the art, for ideas, it's great. Um, I like the, uh, the 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 orc empire i like all the different cities and let's talk about all the different cities you get all the different cities there are so many cities <laughs> like like yeah. you want cities boy and i open my trench coat I, I got the cities for you which city you want you know yeah. like i got all of them it's 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 cool it's it's a good book but i agree it's it's not it's not needed unless your party is trending in that direction and you need to get out in front of them yeah the adventures are really good, but really mm-hmm. only one of them is tied to the jungle. Like you can take Sheldon's keep and put it anywhere else. Anywhere. It doesn't yeah. need to be in the jungle. You can take the whole Torellian thing. You can transplant that adventure to another city. Doesn't have anything to do with the jungle. A lot of it felt like that to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. You're right. Like I didn't really think of it that way, but now that you bring it up. Yeah. I I was I was not disappointed. I I don't, I don't think this is a bad book, and I, I think I, I do speak with you know some intensity on things. But this is not bad. This is a good book. I just I don't know. It it didn't. Palladium is all about the flavor. You know what? It's like this is the idea. This is the basics. But the flavor is the part that pours out of it. It's the lore. It's the world building. And nothing about this was jungle to me. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I got. This, unfortunately, is the last of the first edition books. After this, we'll be diving into second edition. The power level increases just a little bit because it's second edition. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I don't remember much of the quality of the books going forward except for a couple we'll be exploring yeah. together it'll be all yeah. right yeah it'll be rediscovering my past <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't really have that much to say about it like i i like i like the art i i love the cover like i'll i'll always show up for brahm um i like what they did with with the orcs i like what they did with the rattlings except for remember what i said about you know buildings that work the rattlings went in the complete wildly opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. I will add that according to Kevin's comments and his emails mm-hmm. that he's been sending out lately, the upcoming second edition conversion is apparently adding a lot of new stuff. Okay. To the point that it might as well be considered a new book. Okay. Well, hopefully it's it's more jungle stuff. Yeah. I because hope that, so. that 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 would work. We don't we don't need the spies. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's the end of Palladium Fantasy First Edition. We got through that pretty well. That was fun. I I really honestly like I have a, a real newfound appreciation for Palladium Fantasy as as a whole through through this little journey we've taken here. I came up D&D and I wish I hadn't. I honestly wish that I had seen this first. But, you know, you can't control what your friend buys and brings to school. So, 
This is true. No. Yeah, we all start where we start. I feel like just in these seven books, we have a lifetime of adventure. Yeah. Multiple lifetimes. And no matter how many more hardcovers they get, you can still use these seven books because it's Palladium and they will make money by selling you newer things as opposed to the same things with a new cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they do repackage stuff for second edition. So mm. it's valuable. It, it's the same no, thing, they, but with updated for people who don't oh, yeah. play first edition. And they will stuff. absolutely, absolutely sell you the same art over and over and over you want, again. You need that mechanoid's art. You need it in your and you know what? at the edge of the world. <laughs> That's fine, man. It's just to have the, the rampant creativity that this yeah. company shows. Like sometimes you, you have to just keep up with that and be like, I, I, I could put that there. That's fine. Yeah. And as a special note, speaking of reselling things, you can still get all these books. You can still yeah. order the first edition physical books from Palladium Books. New. Yeah. You can still buy the PDFs of the original stuff on drive-thru. It's there. We, it, this isn't an abandoned game. You can still get it. You can still play it. And it is still technically published. I have a new copy of this edition. Like this, 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 this I got this, what, the year before last? Yeah. Is when we got those? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is this is fresh. This has not been kicked around. Nobody's drawn in it. It's uncreased. It's 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 beautiful. I mean, it's 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 still produced. (laughs) Yeah, and it it came it came from the Palladium warehouse. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, first edition. Long live first edition. (laughs) First edition is dead. Long live first edition. edition. Whatever. How does that go? I don't know, with your sword or up your up your shield or something. <laughs> Come back up your shields or on it. <laughs> Come back with your sword or on it. I don't know. <laughs> Either yeah. way, it's just bad image. I I think what I'm trying to do is like get get a a, a glitter boy subreddit going here with like with some really bad art. So. Oh my god. That would be I don't know. Subreddit? That's a whole other realm of evil. <laughs> <laughs> we actually right. have some really 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 good fans on reddit and thanks for doing the promotion folks we love you yeah all right well thanks everyone uh we will see you in a little bit with our next where are we going next what's the thing we want to do next well do we want to tease that now or should we just be like you'll get what you get and you like it yeah yeah okay. they get what they get and they can deal with it <laughs> oh my god Let's do a Robotech thing. Yeah, look through your collection, pick something to talk about, and let's make it happen. Politics of Britai it is. All right, right. let's do this. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Good night. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one.
You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.